0: You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike
1: Marks. So, Ben Roethlisberger is on the COVID-19 list. So, it says here, isolated for five days and not permitted at the team facility. Blah, 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 blah. And so, they've got, a, uh, they've got some time to, to retest him. He's got, I think he's got to test positive twice in a row. Then on the third day he could play, but that's uh that's interesting. Cause they got a, they got a, you know, I wouldn't say a a throwaway game this week against uh, Cincinnati coming up.
2: Well, Cincinnati with Burroughs, you know, they, they're capable <laughs> of jumping up there and beating yeah. anybody with a quarterback like that. So, and they played well at times, you know, they're not very good in the offensive line, obviously. And they've got the parts and, you know, to jump up and have a game like that, but, I, I would think that with Ben Roethlisberger, if he gets cleared on Sunday morning, they send a limo out to get him and take him to the stadium regardless, you know. And, right. You know, that's right. it's like Baker Mayfield. I guess he's he's uh, out at least till Wednesday till he passed. I guess they put him on the COVID watch list too. So, yeah, you know, that's just one of those things that, that you're going to deal with the rest of the year. And I, I, we all understand that. And you just make do, you know. That's just the way it goes.
1: Now... There are certain quarterbacks, veteran-wise, that you, you don't feel too bad about not being around as much as you would like. I mean, if there's going to be a guy that you said, okay, go home, you know, we're going to send you all the stuff, we're going to be on the phone, we're going to be on, on the computer, and you're going to see everything, blah, blah, blah. But he would be the one guy that you would feel like could come in. And play on sunday even if he weren't at the facility most of the week or is that yeah,
2: not true? yeah no, no no question you know there's a, a handful of them probably that you feel that way yeah the thing you miss is you know we would always do what we call hookup or polish pass where you're you just work on your timing during the week you know mm-hmm. two or three days out of the week you, you spend 20 minutes just doing nothing but time throws and i think most teams kind of do that to some extent you miss that part of it but yeah, you know, he's been playing so long and at this point in the season, if it was at the beginning of the year, it might be a little rougher on the edges. But at this point, I don't think it's gonna affect him as long as he's you know, uh and for like you said, fortunately it's a team that they should beat. So, you know, he should be all right with it. But there's not many of those guys. You know, I would think that Russell Wilson would be one and you know, there's a few of those guys, but um, uh, I used to think that way about Tom Brady, but I don't know what's going on with him down there. He he just was awful the other day.
1: Oh boy, that was uh, okay. So my take on it is this, and I, I know you'll have a, a another take on it. My take is Antonio Brown comes into the, the the team, and you know it's it's a it's a lot of media stuff on him, and and obviously, and they've been talking about this for three weeks now. Was there was there a lot of pressure on Tom? to get him the ball and it looked like for sure at times brown didn't didn't do the right thing you know they the timing wasn't there
2: well i was looking at the comments from uh bruce arians down there and and uh basically he said that all the receivers were where they're supposed to be and and tom screwed it up more more than anything else you know oh man so i think you know what it looked like to me as a quarterback that didn't it's hard to say this, but it's like a young quarterback that didn't know the offense completely, and he was not sure where everybody was. He looked distracted to me. He just looked completely distracted, like, uh, and I, I've never seen that. Um, I don't, I don't know what the ex- explanation is for that, but he, he did not look like Tom Brady. That's for sure. None of them looked like they were ready to play.
1: No, and that's surprising because the last couple of weeks we've been singing Tom Brady's praise. You know, he's finally back, and Gronkowski's back, and man, the GOAT has got it together. And then it it looked exactly like you said, Mike, like he wasn't on the same page. And for the coach to put it on him, I don't know, maybe that's another inside trick, but maybe that's what happened. Heck,
2: hey. Well, he didn't call him out by name. He just but, said, hey, yeah. the receivers did what they're supposed to do, which is basically you're saying, hey, you don't you know, tell screwed it up.
1: Right. He made reference. Yeah. yeah but he what inferred. they
2: did to him, too, is you got to give – I mean, you got to give the Saints credit. You know, they made him – they disguised some things, and uh, they showed him a coverage, and then on the snap they moved, which is common. I mean, everybody does that to some extent, but they did a better job than most. They just made him hold the ball a little bit longer than normal, and with their pass rush, are able to get to him. You know, you can do that, but if the pass rush doesn't get there, it's almost like why are you bothering, right? So, right. they made him hold longer than he likes, and he's not as quick with it as he used to be. So they confused him. He looked confused to me. You know, there was a, you know, they showed him two cover two, and I know the route that converts to a fade uh, down the sideline. Um, yeah but if it, if it isn't at the corner bails then it becomes a comeback becomes and he comeback. threw it as a fade and it, they they ran out of two to quarters and it was a real simple you know read for him and he screwed it up and, and when he when that happened i'm going what that's that the one the brown pick. i was talking about yeah, yeah that, that was the it pick. yeah now yeah. he ran the right route i mean it's <laughs> it's just basic and and he you know it yeah. just didn't make any sense for him to do that and You know, for a veteran quarterback, it's just like he's distracted. He's just not. And for Tom Brady, to me, he's the ultimate competitor. To be unprepared or, you know, they just, I don't know, it it was weird. Just a weird situation. But they just, they looked like they were playing at a different speed. Uh, I'm talking about the Saints. and They had a great game plan on both sides of the ball, and uh, they went at it.
1: Yeah, and I think they had a little bit of extra, uh, as we used to say, Tabasco in their jockstrap for uh, Antonio Brown, because all they've been hearing about is this great hookup between Brown and Brady and greatness and greatness. Well, you know, as a as a as a defensive player, you get to a point in the season where you're like, okay, damn it, I've I've heard enough. Well, the other I want to crack somebody's head open.
2: Yeah, the other part of that too, Ron, is not only the people you're playing, but the guys are on your own team. You you know what do we chop liver? You know, we've been playing good all year long. This guy comes yeah. in all of a sudden he's going to, yeah. you know, all of a sudden we're going to be really good. Now it doesn't work like that, you know? And so it's, yeah. it's kind of a slap in the face of the rest of the players in that team that have been busting their butt to get to where they are. Right. So yeah. now this guy's going to come in and he's going to make everything even better. It doesn't work like that. And and to do that, I didn't think it was a good move. Any anytime you're winning and you add a potential, negative, which he kind of is, as we all know. Uh, I, I just didn't think it was worthwhile. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to have to keep an, an eye on that. Now, uh, the Saints, the problem for Tampa Bay is the Saints have now doubled you up. They've doubled yeah. the Buccaneers up. They've won. Remember, the opening game of the season was was there at uh in New Orleans, and that was a rough game for Brady. So they figured out something and this goes along with uh the fourth down deal in Chicago which we're still scratching our heads on that so you know maybe tom might be starting to show it a little bit i don't know we'll see so buccaneers go to 6 and 3 the saints uh 6 and 2 but and, but uh, let me
2: interrupt you if i can yeah. just a second if at the beginning of the season you said that they would be 6 and 3 after 9 games everybody doing backflips yeah and hey, right. you know what a great year and if you'd say that you know on the other end of it that New England was what they are nobody believe it
1: yeah you know, you're you're right you're right a, a little bit like Miami now okay they're 5 and 3 after inserting you know the young boy in there and he's he's taking care of it pretty well so far and the and the cardinals the cardinals have taken the place of the 49ers because the 49ers are are in trouble right now but they're five and three, so you know if you're you're if you're the Rams, it was a great bye week because everybody in your division lost. Right, that's what you call winning on your bye week, and you didn't even have to yeah. play. No question, yeah. <laughs> so well, we'll keep a keep tracking that. All right, we have some questions, and we're going to start here with uh, this is Paul from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin was recently fined one hundred thousand dollars for a mask violation, and the Steelers were fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a team. I see coaches with their masks over their mouth, but not their nose. What is the rule on this, and why doesn't everyone wear the face shield like Andy, with or without uh, f- anti fog
2: spray? Well, they should wear the shield. They they really should. If it Makes if sense. it's if it's too much of an annoyance you know to talk and all that sort of thing uh with the with the other mass then why wouldn't you put the shield on it just didn't make sense to me but i would if i was on the sideline i'd wear the shield the, the mask is just too cumbersome you know and i don't know why they they don't cover their nose it you know it's i don't know but that's a that find will get your attention. Uh, that'll get you into a face <laughs> mask real quick, I, I would think. Yeah, so.
1: that'll, that'll, uh, that's one more you got to explain to the wife. That's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so Anthony Lynn, uh, Chargers coach, and uh, Matt Rule, uh, the Panthers, he, they, they wear the mask too. I've seen that on them. So Yeah. Just so we, we know that's out there. All right, next question is from Jake from Edison, New Jersey. And uh, he says, a recent article said that the Eagles could be the first team to make the playoffs with a losing record. Is that true? Has there ever been a team with a losing record make the playoffs? And, Mike, I did a little research. There actually has been uh, four teams yeah, been in NFL team. history yeah. that have that have made that happen. It uh, happened twice in 82. Uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions during a uh, a strike-shortened season. In 2010, uh, we, uh, Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs after going seven and nine. I, I, I remember that because I was broadcasting games then. And, and the, the Seahawks actually went on to w- win the the NFC West and and hosted a playoff game against the Saints. And in 2015, Mike, I think this is when we were calling some games together, the seven, eight, and one Carolina Panthers won the NFC South and hosted a playoff game. So teams not only are going with a losing record and and, and winning the division, they're hosting a game.
2: Yeah, yeah, they they get the wild card team. Yeah, that's uh, you know, we were eight and eight at the at the Rams and and. Uh, you know, we win the are fir- the first ones at eight and eight to win a playoff game. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's not so much the record at that point. I, I you know, I don't have a problem with a team being you know with seven wins um, in the playoffs because it's how you played the last part of the season. You know, if you remember the Giants, they're getting ready to fire Eli as a young player, and they I think they were below five hundred halfway through, and he was throwing interceptions. Well, they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, I In the second that. half right. of the season, they caught fire, and he started playing good. So it's really kind of how you end up the season. The, right now, the second half of the season really to me is you find out who teams really are, you know. Yeah. You fought through true. injuries, you know, uh, you know all the things that happened. You, you kind of get through it, and things start to divide and separate, and you kind of really see who, who really is good and, and is in there for the long haul. So I think uh, – I think it absolutely can happen, but I'm not so sure when you look at it, you got to be, be careful too because there's there may be a couple other of those teams out there too.
1: Yep, that's true. So our last question, this is from Gary from Farmingham, Massachusetts. Speaking as a Patriots fan, how is Antonio Brown able to sit out for a year, then show up at this past weekend's game and look in quote-unquote game shape? Is it like riding a bike? And once you've done it, uh, are you always able to look like that? The answer, Gary, no, I I look in the mirror. I don't look like I'm in game shape and I work out a lot.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the intensity of it, of the workout is everything, you know, in our off season program, uh, we give a, I used to give a flyer to both Marshall and, uh, Isaac Bruce. They just did not want to be involved in the off season program. Well, you know, you make exceptions, right? Well, I, it's not like Isaac wasn't working out. He never told anybody, but I, I was driving by this high school on my way to work at six in the morning in the off season. I looked over at the football field, and as I was driving by, there's Isaac out there, and he's running stadium stairs. <laughs> you know, and he's he's work. He has like a two hour workout every morning that he does. That's much more involved than what we were doing. So you just you know, and that's probably what happened. He's the the workout and the preparation is probably. Very, very intense, and that's why he looks the way he is.
1: Yep. And that's Gary from Framingham, Massachusetts. So I apologize for that. hope I pronounced it right the second time. But we appreciate that, guys. Uh, Gary, Jake from Edison, New Jersey, and Paul from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Keep those questions going. That's, uh, that's good stuff for us. Let's go back and look at this past weekend. Uh, let's start with the the Thursday night game. 49ers didn't have anything for the Packers, did they?
2: No, and that's they've undergone so much. It's hard, you know. They they were talking on TV about you know how Shanahan likes the opportunity to his back's against the wall, and you know this is a challenge, etc.
1: <laughs> yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, you oh, need
2: you, yeah you you need to be there. You, it's not a comfortable deal. I've been there too many times, and it's uh, very difficult. Uh, for them to get that team up to the level to play a team like that, like like Green Bay and the quarterback and what they do, and you know, the first half they were they played pretty well, but ultimately the wave's going to break and you're just going to get swamped. You just don't have enough, you know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, So being a coach's son myself, I'm I'm always uh, sensitive to, to coaches' kids, but I, I there's one thing that's bothering me, two things that are bothering me about Shanahan in San Francisco right now. I, I do think he's a very good coach, and that's obviously obvious because you don't get to the Super Bowl at, at such a young age in and, and a relatively very short period of time as he's done. Uh, but I think there's two big questions that he's going to have to answer and get over, and that's uh, the ability to win the big one. I mean, he's got to be able to win the big one, and when he was in Atlanta on that staff, they were at the Super Bowl, yep, and and they had, I can't remember the number, they had the Patriots by a big number late in the game, and it just, they came back and won the game. We've seen that before from Brady. Okay, they're not the only one, but that's one. Now, as a head coach, he goes to the Super Bowl, and he's, you know, in control, uh, maybe not like they were when they played him at, when they were at Atlanta, but he, he he drops that one. So, He's got to get over that hump, doesn't he?
2: Well, he does. And I think the the thing that was glaring, I think uh, they got down the, you know, inside the five or yard line or whatever. And I think he threw it every snap and when they could have run it or there was something I, I, I vaguely remember about uh, questioning at the end of the game, how he managed that game when they had it won. Um, yeah. But it's just... Yeah you got to get through that. Now you got there and all the things that you did so well, and he's brilliant. I think he does as good a job as anybody in the league coaching wise. I really yeah. do. So, yeah. and that's a, just an experience thing. You know, you, you call a game, not on emotion, but on, on what you see. And sometimes, uh, and you fight that because sometimes emotionally there's calls you want to make. He's you, just not good. You know, you know, you want to go for it on fourth down and two. And, you know, whether the numbers say, go do it, you know, the, the dynamic of the game says, don't do it. You know, you be conservative here. So you got to get a feel for that. And I think as a young coach, you don't have that feel as well as when you get the experience and now you've been there. And you know, you, as, as John Cooper used to always say, you just have to learn to win the surest way, however that way is.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, you you do that. You saw, I saw it this weekend with uh, watching the USC Arizona State game. I, I'm thinking, well, Herm Edwards has gone in there and done it. He's got this game, and it was almost like they were all reading off of a script that says losing football game, because everything just ha- kind of lined up. And it's funny, Mike. You, you know, and here's one I was going to throw out at you. There was a point. I know we're talking about a college game, but there was a point where uh, they lined up for an onside kick. And I'm thinking now, and, and Arizona State's got to receive the onside kick. Is that a time to call timeout if you're the receiving team? You know, people like the ice, the kicker sometime on a long field goal. But is there such a thing as icing the kicker when he's about to attempt an onside kick?
2: No, I've, I've done that uh, several times just for the alignment. So especially special just for teams the alignment. could yeah. see exactly the alignment and how the kicker's lined up and, and making sure everybody's where they need to be. So... Once you see that and the players on the field see the alignment, then you call them over and you can talk them through any changes or potential adjustments that you want to make. You know? So, yeah. yeah, that's not unusual. I think it's a good thing. You know, And that was such a weird – the guy did a great job. The kicker did a great job with the kick. Sure, it did. A you know, that kick. little squib kick where they lay the ball flat, that doesn't work. The ones uh, yeah. that work is when you kick the top half of the ball, and it bounces twice, and on the third bounce, it goes way up in the air.
1: I agree 100%. I'm so sick of hearing about that that watermelon kick. I would love for someone to kick one like that. Maybe I'll take that all day. But that one, like you're talking about, that gives you that 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 one hopper and then another one, and you don't know what that other one's going to be. <laughs>
2: That's those are the ones problem. that we've got. We've gotten a number of those, and, and oh, Wilkins was really good at it. Yeah. And when he hit it beautifully, we got him, you know, because what we would do, we put our best jumpers over there and they'd run down and they'd, you know, they go up and they high point like a basketball rebound. And yeah. those are the ones that, uh, and they're hard to, they're hard to catch on the other oh end boy. of it too, you know, because yeah. you know, you're going to get splattered, you yeah. know, you know, you're going to get splattered, no matter how many guys you got blocking and all that stuff, they come down, they just blow you up. So, um, you know, we used to work on that a lot. I'll tell you the other thing we used to work on, is bloop kicks so it's not an yeah. onside and it's not a deep kick you know when they have them all up there that's we used to work on trying to drop it in like a chip shot you know yeah. uh, at about 20 yards from the point that you kick it just drop it in and let it bounce back there and, and scramble back there we beat sc when i was at arizona state on one of those yeah, yeah you know that's a dangerous and we kick, we yeah. ran down there and, and ended up getting it and it's it's a nightmare to return if you get a kicker who is really good at But you have to work at that. It's not an easy thing to do. We
1: thought at one point – because you could use your punter. You can use any kicker on, to, to kick the ball. Like, can you punt the ball, or does it have to come off a tee? I a good,
2: good question. I should know that, and I, <laughs> and I don't. But I, I think you have to kick it, yeah. L-
1: like a safety. Okay, so one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen on a safety is – Guys are lined up and, you know, the punter has to punt the ball. Well, if that guy punted the ball straight up and it only went about 20 yards or 30 yards, now one of the up-front personnel, one of the blockers, uh, have to try to catch this ball. And a punt is a hard enough ball to catch for, for guys that are used to catching punts, by the way. You know, receivers, DBs, backs, so on and so forth. So that's what I always thought would have been a a great deal is to make one of those guys who aren't used to catching anything. Now he's got to catch the hardest ball, which is a punt.
2: Yeah, but w- when you punt the ball, if you don't touch it, you know you don't lose possession. But when you kick it and and uh, you don't touch it and it stays in bounds, you know you could recover that.
1: Well, I know, right? Yeah, there's that that instant recovery factor. But I'm I'm just thinking in terms of difficulty yeah. of catching the football.
2: If I, but if I yeah. was receiving team and that ball was kicked high, then I would tell him get out of the way because if it bounces and goes back towards the kicking team, <laughs> yeah, you, you got it going on, buddy, you know. Yeah. So, uh, right, but it's interesting, you know. It's the other thing about onside kicks is uh, we were playing the Bears when I was at Detroit one year, and uh, they had uh, they were trying to make a comeback, we were out quite a bit in the fourth quarter on them, and they went to onside kick, and on that third. The third bounce didn't kick up in the air. It just went right into our, our uh, up man's hands, and he returned for a touchdown. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen yeah. that happen. Yeah. yeah, special teams coaches looking for a place to hide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
2: just just oh, a little note too. It was the most points scored <laughs> in the fourth quarter in the history of the league. So I think oh we scored, yeah right we scored like wow. thirty five points in the fourth quarter on him. Wow.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, we, we 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 got sidetracked in that, but that was fun. I, I I had to get that off my mind because I've been thinking about ways to handle. I told you, you're broadside. a
2: coach. <laughs> I, I've always told you you should be coached, See. You've been bit. You've been been bit.
1: bit. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, you you know a guy who's really running like crazy right now is – and I think he leads the league in rushing yards is Delvin Cook. Yes. Delvin Cook had 163 yards against Green Bay two weeks ago. And in this past week, he he hit 200. I mean, he's going crazy.
2: He is. And it's taking the pressure off of Cousins for sure. Yeah. You know, I think Cousins was like 17 to 20 uh, for like a couple hundred yes. yards. And it's, it's really been why they're starting to win. And this yeah. is, you know, we were talking about perhaps, uh, you know, Philadelphia, being a you know, winning the conference with a losing record, this team, there's a couple teams on the men coming back hard. And this is one of them. This yeah, team no. is, is really rolling right now. That's a, it's, you know, the matchup that's going to be interesting this week to me would be the the Vikings at the Bears. You got two teams going the opposite direction. Bears headed down, the Vikings headed up. It's going to be an interesting matchup.
1: Okay, so what is it that, um, that, that, that the coach Zimmerman found out? What clicked that said, okay, let's just start pound in the ball. If he cook, like I say, uh, he had 206 yards, 9.4 yards of carry. Mike, they only gave it to him 22 times. So he's well, gashing people.
2: Well, one of the things is Cousins is still a very respected passer, number one. Uh, but these are yards, you know, obviously when he does it against the Packers, and, and, they ro- and the, anybody rolls in town after that, they're saying, well, we've got to shut him down. Well, so these yards are done against a team that's prepared to stop him, which is even more remarkable. But everything starts in the offensive line. If you're really yeah. good in the offensive line and you have a back like that, then no matter what they do, you got a chance. It's like the Cowboys in their heyday with Emmitt. You know, they put an eight-man front up there, and I asked Bro, the the running back coach, I said, "Hey, you know, when the safety comes down in the box down there, how do you how do you guys account for it?" That's an eight-man front. That's tough slut. And He says he belongs to Emmitt. I'm you know, right. and the point yeah, is yeah. taken. Well, you know, we can block the rest of them, and we'll get him blocked, and he's going to have to beat somebody. So. It's kind of the way this is up there, you know. They're knocking him off the ball pretty darn good, and he is he is hitting those creases Frank Gore style. You know, you look at it from the sideline and you say, "How did he get through there?" I didn't see a crease. And then you look at it from behind, and there's tiny window, and he sees it, and he gets through it immediately. And that's you know, that's a that's a terrific back that can do that.
1: Yep, eight hundred and fifty-eight yards rushing. You know, he, he surpasses this past weekend Derek Henry, who's been the talk the first half of the season here. So this is going to be an interesting uh, situation to kind of watch, watch these two guys go and see how this unfolds. And from a standing standpoint, you know, the Packers 6-2 and two lead the division. Chicago's 5-4, and four, but Minnesota and Detroit are 3-5, and five hanging around. You know, you got to watch those teams that are hanging around because all of a sudden you drop one or two here, and you know they're they're right on your doorstep.
2: Well, you can get on a roll. It happened to us. I, I've been through that where you're sitting there at three and five, and and you get on a roll and and you make the playoffs. It happens. You just get hot. You know. And what they're what they've done up there, they've taken the pressure off of the quarterback Cousins. Yeah, yeah. You they've said let him to... mend a little bit because he's getting banged up pretty good. And yeah. uh, he, you know. It's one of those deals where you expect, you pay him that money, you expect him to, to win games. And that's not a good deal at all. You just want him to function at a high level in what they do. Don't try to do more than you have to. And I think that's where he was. And, you know, like I said, you got to be good in the offensive line, do what they're doing rushing the ball. And it really compliments their defense, you know, because of the clock and all that stuff. So they slow the game down uh, quite a bit. And I think that's, uh been a remarkable part for them is now cousins is really efficient and they've got to get them an eight man front you know it happened to us in the super bowl uh you know with tennessee is you are gonna play an eight man front you gotta make them pay yeah and so now your numbers really go up and you become very very good uh throwing the football because you're not thrown into all these bizarre coverages because you're not a passing team per se you know you're, you're that two-edged sword now it's it's harder
1: yeah that's right uh so Carolina Kansas City uh close game you know the, the Panthers got uh got the running back McCaffrey back but now he re-injures a shoulder so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that but can't see it a, a tough team to, to take on now they're 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 rolling nice at eight and one
2: they are you know and that's of course quarterback is just having a, a phenomenal year sure but is, yeah. Kansas City still defensively that's their Achilles heel a little bit like Seattle they're just but just not good enough right now. I don't think they're as good as they were last year on defense. All
1: right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message.
2: Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at cardboard to headboard.org. My name is
0: Tracy Sandler, and I'm the host of Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast, a weekly podcast that highlights women who have made a significant impact in the sports industry. Every Thursday, I sit down with one of these amazing, successful women to discuss their professional journey and any advice they have for young women who aspire to follow in their footsteps. This week, I am joined by Senior Vice President of Marketing for the Philadelphia 76ers, Brittany Boyd. Brittany shares her four pillars of success, the importance of being intentional, and the importance of thinking a step ahead. She also highlights collaboration over competition and just how imperative it is to know your worth. This episode is filled with tangible advice that everyone can start using today, and it's a lot of fun. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again.
1: The NFC West is having issues with the AFC East. So the Rams lose to Miami. The Seahawks go back and lose to Buffalo. The Rams also lost to Buffalo. You know, they might want to leave, leave these AFC these teams alone for a little bit. But.
2: I think the yeah. message there, Ron, is don't play Buffalo.
1: <laughs> don't play Buffalo.
2: <laughs> I think they're the best team in the league right now. I really you know, think. you might
1: be right. I look at them and that damn quarterback, he's still doing what he was doing uh-huh. back in week three. You know, fending guys off with one hand, switching hands with the ball, you know, making plays that, that where plays should have been dead. Josh Allen, I, I got to give it to him. He's playing well. Well, the
2: other thing is the games that they've lost, they've gotten real conservative on offense. You know what I mean? And yeah. and if they just let him play and they just go ahead and, and go and not get tight, I, you know, overall, they're the best. Are you know, they the best offense? No, but they're pretty good. Diggs right now has been a huge difference maker for him right at wide receiver. So, Defensively, it helps them. Takes the pressure off of them. They're good on special teams. They're a really well-rounded team, and you can't say that about Seattle. You can't say that about Kansas City. You know, you can't say it about about some of these other teams with great records because, you know, even even uh, the Achilles uh, for Pittsburgh, God forbid, is the defense right now. They've been giving up too many rushing yards. So, yeah. I just think uh, in my mind, and I felt like that from the very beginning that the progress of that team in their they're really a good football team right now. It's if they can just let him play and, and not get conservative, I think I think they'll be in it at the end.
1: Okay, so whenever you play Seattle, you've got to you've got to worry about three things. You've got to worry about DK Metcalf. You've got to worry about uh, Lockett because of Metcalf, I think. And he's a possession guy, and he can hurt you. And then the number one guy, of course, is the quarterback who who makes it all happen, Russell Wilson. So, but but this team, as we say, they always show up and they and they fight. They they never come in. I never see the Seahawks team come in flat. They, no. they always come well, in with that's the head energy coach. That's a head that's, coach. That's you're right. right. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm looking at this game, and I see them getting pressure. On Wilson, and I'm and I'm starting to see a pattern. I saw three interceptions. I believe it was three interceptions against Arizona, Seattle, Arizona, and and Arizona won that game. And that was a game, you know, where they they showed him some stuff on the line of scrimmage. They showed him like eight up, and they they did some zone dropping and things like that. And he threw into it a couple times. Now he threw three interceptions there. Now he threw two interceptions against Buffalo, and I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing him hold the ball. I'm seeing him make some, some decisions that are a little you know, questionable. I don't want to take anything away from the defensive coordinating side okay? and, and, and the game plans. That's, that's Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator. Now, he, he's a good one, former player. He's been coaching a long time, and he's seen a lot. So, But what is starting to happen here with Seattle, Mike?
2: Well, I think the Achilles or the chink in the armor for him is when he's playing from behind, if it's a one-score deal in the fourth quarter, he's phenomenal. But when he when he gets behind by a bunch like they were, then he starts trying to make throws he just shouldn't make. Which is natural.
1: Which is natural. Yeah, that's a I good mean, point. they yeah. all
2: try to do that. Every they all try to make a throw instead of just, you know, like Chuck Knox used to say, you just gotta do it play by play and let let through the course of the game players make plays for you. But don't try to create something that's just not there. And I think he has a tendency to do that when down by what, more than a score. Now, if he's down by a score and there's a minute left to go and you got to go, I don't know if there's anybody better than him. You know, maybe yeah. down there in New Orleans, Drew is like that too. But um, I think when you get down by a bunch like he was, I just felt like he he felt the pressure to create something that's just not there, and you got to fight that, and you have to fight that by how you call plays too. You got to give him stuff that he can complete and you know up tempo stuff, but you you, you got to tell, him, hey, don't the chunks are fine you know, when it's desperate. We're not desperate yet. You know, just get us down the field and get us in the end zone. And he has a tendency to do that a little bit, but they all do.
1: Yeah, they hit that big play late in the game there when really Buffalo should have been able to just control it and, and kind of clock right. their way out of it. Stupid stuff in the in the back end. It drives me crazy, man. I Because I've always played from the back forward, meaning, okay, what is the worst possible thing that can happen to me right now? Let's just say hypothetically I'm up by 20. And we are in halfway through the third quarter. What's the worst thing I can do right now? Give up a deep one and give up any score quick. And sure enough, that's what Buffalo does.
2: But here's what happens, Ron. And this is my pet peeve in the, uh, with this stuff. with uh, When you get ahead, when you get ahead, and we're, we're fortunate in some situations to be like that, Yeah, you can't change how you got there on defense. Now, you're ahead by 20 points for a reason. Why would you stop what you're doing that got you that 20 point lead and loosen That's up true. and then and, and start letting them complete the ball? It drove me. It used to drive me nuts. We were playing Minnesota in, the, in that playoff game when I was at the Rams, and we had this giant lead, 49 to 14 or whatever it was. I think we won by like a touchdown or 10 points because we just laid off them in the fourth quarter. They they scored a buttload of points, and it, it drives me nuts. You know, you got there by blitzing then blitz them you know don't change how you play and lay off and stay back there because you're given the opportunity to get back in the game
1: yeah and i yeah i guess i get, i hear what you're saying i'm just trying to figure out okay so to that point if you weren't giving up big plays before and why are you giving up big plays my now? Point. If That's you're doing my the point, same exactly. thing.
2: That's my point exactly. I, I just
1: couldn't understand it. Well, and, and I and I know guys fall asleep. We've had guys fall asleep. They'll they'll do it, but it's just it's inexcusable. I mean, those are those are grounds, they were always grounds for me to pull guys out of the game. And I expected to get pulled out of a game if I got my ass beat deep in a situation where I, the only thing I
2: couldn't do was get beat deep. I used to call it sleep at the wheel. You, you sleep can't. at the wheel. You yeah. Can't. You know, you can't
1: me crazy.
2: You have to win. Like you said, you got to win the surest way. And, you know, you and I think you have to talk to the defense continually about those situations. And, you know, that's when you got to put on more gas. You got to put the pedal to the metal. And, you know, that's when you got to be better than you've been all game and finish the game.
1: And, Mike, I'm not talking about a deep interference penalty. You know, you're there. He's there. Okay, you compete and they, they decide to call some crap like they'll do every now and then. I'm talking about, like in that game, a guy just just runs free. The safety just takes off and goes this way. Like, dude, stop seeing ghosts. This is not the time to see ghosts. Just play your stuff. But anyway,
2: and no, but that and mind. that's a that's a great point. And that's to me, that's the I guess that's the burn. My side is I, that drives me nuts to this day. I hate watching games like that when all of a sudden they start laying off and they. They do you know. things that they haven't done all game. You know whether it's the same coverage or not, they have a different approach to it. You know, yeah. you no, have to. Point. You got to play like a zero zero. You you have to.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point because that's what the other team needs is for you to do something else so they can maybe have an opportunity. DK Metcalf seven catches for one hundred eight. But on the other side, you mentioned Diggs. Diggs, uh, he he uh, he outplayed him. I mean, yeah, he in did. In that vein, you know, he was. He had nine catches for 118. Hey, Diggs, you know, Diggs was doing something, and we'll get off this and move on here. Diggs was doing something uh, that I thought was a little disrespectful to the uh, Seahawks. And it just told me he didn't think anyone back there can hurt him. As hard of a hitter as Adams is, he didn't think anyone can hurt him. He he every time he would catch the ball there, you know, late in the game, he would start skipping. You know, he would do that Walter Payton skip. Now, guys wouldn't do that if Ronnie Lott were back there. Guys wouldn't do that if Jack Tatum were back there. Okay, if Doug Plank were back there. So that just tells me, oh, all right. So there's a physicality, and I, and I worry about if there's a weak spot I see on this team, Mike, I'm not sure about the secondary position, the corner position.
2: Yeah.
1: The, uh, the Dunbar kid struggles. Number 22, every time I see him play, he struggles. And, and Seahawks fans know what I'm talking about. So that, that's got to get fixed because they're, they're starting to pick on him.
2: Well, remember at the beginning of the year when they were putting up all those numbers and, and they've had that great season so far, right? So they're after about four or five games, you know, isn't it wonderful? They're turning the quarterback loose and they're throwing the ball and throwing the ball like we talked about last week. You know, Pete's doing that yeah. because he knows they're not very good on defense.
0: Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. this revelation. Right.
2: Hey, we're gonna we're gonna change how we play and be different. No, no, <laughs> we're gonna change how we play because we're not any good on defense, yeah. and they're not.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. You did you did say that. So Pittsburgh, we uh, you know we were talking about Ben, and they they pulled that one out. The Cowboys just couldn't help themselves. They they got close there, but uh, couldn't do it. Uh, any any quick thoughts on that one?
2: You know, I think it just like. Cause it happens all the time as a head coach, you, you fight this as much as you can, but you know, Pittsburgh looked at them on tape and they're not going to be impressed with them, you know, but that's not the team that showed up and that happens all the time. It happens yeah. all the time. You know, you can have an own eight team. It's like what happened last night with the jets and all of a sudden they show up and they're, they're actually playing at a different level and doing different things than what you expect and, and you're trying to rally. And if you're not careful, that rally didn't happen. But they were yeah. able to rally, and I thought defensively, the Cowboys looked like a good football team for a change, you know. And they
1: did; they, they had some energy.
2: They had a lot of energy. They're flying around, making plays, and they tackled better than they've tackled in three years.
1: Yeah, that was weird. I wonder where that came from.
2: Well, they're tackling, and and you know, it's when you make a change like that, the defense is so it's diametrically opposed to what they were a year ago. A penetrating front, and this is a read, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the guys are fighting it, fighting it. Once there's a buy-in, and they understand it, and they're trying to execute it the way you want it done, then it, then it changes, and the energy changes. And I kind of think that's a little bit that's happened there. Plus, having the linebacker back is a huge deal.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that 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 helps definitely. Uh, the, the Dolphins and Cardinals. That was a. Close game, two really good quarterbacks. I didn't know if I was watching uh, an NFL game or an old college game like Oklahoma and Alabama.
2: Well, Tagovailoa, um, Atua was really, um, you know, for a second start, I was kind of blown away. I thought he played exceptionally well. And you can see why they took him when, he, when they did. I, I was skeptical of, of the change like we talked about last week, but, boy, he sure proved me wrong. He came out, and I thought he was excellent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has a questions about his hip and and that's still there. We'll see how that goes. But he made a couple of cuts that told me, well, for now, that hip is is doing well. So and they're five and three. Cardinals are five and three. You know, it's good to see two young quarterbacks on, on two teams that are that are trying to improve. And they're they're hanging in there. They're doing well and in, in the fight.
2: Yeah, they're both real good teams. You know, they're defensively. The Cardinals are way better than I thought they'd be um th- yeah. that's been a surprise plus they're rushing the ball extremely well all that stuff which is hard to do and you know, my hat's off to them
1: yeah uh, before we leave and go on to the upcoming games that bills seahawks matchup is that possibly a super bowl preview i know that the chiefs have something to say about it and buffalo's going to have to go through kansas city most likely but
2: I think that's the key game of the year will be, you know, uh, the AFC Championship. I think it'll probably be those guys in, unless Pittsburgh, you know, I just think the Chiefs they kill his heel for him form's defense. I do, I do, but Mahomes can overcome just about anything, but yeah. that'll be it'll be hard for him. You got to contain him just like uh Russell Wilson. They got to him because they didn't let him get outside the pocket, you know, yeah. and a sh- he's a shorter guy and he, when you don't let him get outside and create then it's hard for him, you know, and and uh, that's kind of what happened to him. Yeah, but I think so, you're right. I think it, that could very well be the the case. Absolutely
1: right. So looking ahead to next week, uh, the Eagles and Giants, the, the NFC he's three, four, and one Eagles and two and seven Giants. Man, I, 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 I can't. I can never. I can never predict what's going to happen when e- NFC teams play these days.
2: Well, I thought Jones, uh, for the Giants, the quarterback, played his best game last week. Um, He didn't hurt them. He made good plays, and he was more accurate, and they did a little bit more uh, of the up-tempo or quicker throws with him. But I think the Giants are a dangerous team because they're getting better every week. Are they good enough? Nah, probably not, but they can beat anybody. And you don't know what you're going to get from any week from Philadelphia. You you just don't know what's going to happen with them. And uh, they haven't done a good job in protecting Wentz, uh, and I think the Giants are getting better and better on defense. I think the Giants have got a real chance of winning this game, uh, but it, and that would really, really put things in a, a spiral. <laughs> if the, if the, you know, if the Philly takes another loss here, you know, you look at that divi- that whole division there. It's kind of upside down.
1: Yeah, our one uh, listener question was talking about making the playoffs with a losing record. Well, here's a perfect example of right. a division that can do that and, and and most likely will do that. Buccaneers are going to Carolina. You know, that's uh, that's uh, that's a team with Bridgewater there, at quarterback, regardless of whether or not uh, they have McCaffrey. But that's a team that's just good enough to give you a second loss in a row if you're not careful.
2: Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think they were going to be any good. And they're probably not real good, but they're way better on defense. They've gotten way better. Teddy Bridgewater – this is the best I've ever seen him play. The ball's coming out quick. He's not making as many of those dumb throws, you know, trying to make something happen. He's he's really playing better than he ever has, like I said. And I I think that this is a team that, well, they almost uh, jumped up there and beat Kansas City. You just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen with with Carolina. They're good enough to beat anybody. So this will be a, a big game for the Bucs to come back and get better on.
1: Yeah. And the Panthers have three young receivers that I like and they they use them well. And I like the head coach. I think he's doing some good things there. So we'll have to check that one out. Tough tough break once again for the Chargers. They they found a way to lose it. I don't know if you saw the end of that game, Mike. I I, I liked I liked the I liked the play call. The ball the kid put the ball there twice but it goes back to what you're talking about you know that blueprint for winning in an in, in instruction manual for finding a way to win that that uh, coach cooper used to talk about all the time they 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 just don't they're not on that page yet in the book and in the blueprint
2: i think the size differential between the receiver and the db is why they did that i yeah. just felt like they were going to put it up there and let the big guy come down with it i get all that <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure I just have never felt like that uh fades are a percentage unless you have Randy Moss or somebody you know I, I just never that's saw a percentage yeah. in that that's true. Um, we, we didn't throw them. I mean, I can't tell you no,
1: I never remember you guys throwing many fades. No, we you know. didn't throw
2: them in there uh, we th- We might have thrown two or three because of the matchup, but that was it, yeah uh, or we did it from a bizarre set and it had a different guy out you know the matchup was everything. They're just not you know they're just a it's a hit or miss kind of a deal.
1: Yeah. The Raiders uh, at 5-3, and three, taking on the Broncos, that'll be in Vegas. These are the type of games that the Raiders screw up. Now, for all intents and purposes, they should beat this team because I'm not really – I haven't been impressed with the Broncos. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not impressed with the Raiders either because you never know which team you're going to get.
2: Well, the one thing – my criticism of them early in the year is I didn't think they were very physical – and it look, they've kind of resolved that. They're running the ball pretty well. And You're talking about good, the Raiders? Yeah, they're, they're doing a good yeah. job with it. And they've gotten real yeah. conservative with their sets, which is fine. And they go to work. So when you see a team with small edge rushers, that's when you go to two tight ends, you just run at them and pound them and make yeah, them right. play. And and I think that's that's got a chance of happening here in this game. I think they they got a chance of, of getting into uh, the two tight end wing set there and just pounding them a little bit. And it, it'll be hard on the Broncos.
1: Yeah. Uh, the bills go out to, to arizona now you would think 7 and 2 buffalo just beat seattle now they're going to take on arizona 5 and 3 it's in arizona I, this this is a tricky game for buffalo you got to get off the plane in the right frame of mind on this one because arizona now has got their back against the wall a little bit and they do. if if you're not careful you'll you'll go out here especially after a big emotional win against a good team and and you'll drop this one you'll you'll come in not ready to play
2: well I think when they look at them on tape they're going to be ready to play they're going to see how good they really are I mean they uh, Cardinals are a real good team and and Murray is such a unique player I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback like him ever with his feet his quickness the way he darts around you know we've seen some pretty good runners over the year you know Michael Vick and et cetera, but this guy, his quickness is just ridiculous. Uh, but he's such a small guy in stature. I think the formula there would be like people do to Russell Wilson. The shorter guys, you want to hem them up, not give them an opportunity to get outside. You know, and make them make throws from inside, and and not give them an opportunity to extend the play outside. And you have to really work at that, so you're more vertical in your pass rush outside, mm-hmm. making them step up inside, and and that in the height differential is is a difficult thing for them. So. I would suspect that would be something that they try to do. Um, Cardinals win this game. They'll win it because he's gotten outside and made some plays with his feet. Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be a hard game for the Cardinals to win. The Bills Bills coming off that win, and and they're doing a good job. I don't think they're going to take them lightly at all. I think they'll understand how good a team the Cardinals really are. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh
1: taking on uh, Cincinnati. We talked about this with or without Big Ben. And and three other – Pittsburgh players also put into the uh, COVID-19 protocol. So as I said, the the deal is they will have uh, to test twice negative in, in the next couple days uh, before the game in order to have a chance to play. Uh, but all things said, this is an 8-0 team taking on a very, very up-and-coming, I think, Bengals team with a quarterback that's that I'm impressed with. But if all things stay the same, Pittsburgh shouldn't have a problem.
2: Well, if they learned anything from the Cowboy game, they'll know that they can't do what they did last week with the Cowboys and and yeah. go down there and flop around. They they've got a this is a trap game for them, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll have great respect for Burroughs and what he can do because you know he is he's an elite player he is and you know when you have a player like that and they've got some receivers, um, they have to blitz the heck out of this guy and make that offensive line uh, pay you know pay the price if they sit in the zone and. And rush for, uh, then I think Cincinnati is going to be in this game. You know they'll make it hard on, them. but they they have to attack the weakness of the team, which to me is the offensive line.
1: Yeah, Patriots taking on the Ravens that'll be in New England. Uh, Baltimore shouldn't have an issue. Uh, good good win, good win for uh, the Patriots and for Cam, <laughs> finally getting that one uh, on Monday night. Minnesota going to Chicago. Three and five, five and four, we talk about Dalvin Cook running the ball very well. I, I can't – Chicago's also one of those teams I can't call, Mike. Um, you never know what you're kind of going to get.
2: You know, the, the quarterback position is hurting them so bad right now and, and the inconsistency. And I just don't know what they're trying to do offensively at times. Um, yeah. With the play caller, you know, who's the head coach, um, they got to get him in rhythm and get him going uh, defensively this will be hard for the vikings because they, the chicago is against the rush now they'll have a good plan they've got good people up there that can stuff you in the running game so if the vikings can get the running game going there's just no way i think chicago can beat them but if they stuff the run then you know then i think that uh, they got a real chance but it, it it'll be hard for yeah. chicago and they're they're the one with the winning record here and the vikings are on the men. i Right now if I'm going to pick a team the Vikings clearly to me are going to beat Chicago but you never know.
1: Yeah, if they, they feel like and look like they have the momentum. They do. So that's a that's a Monday night game. And I think the biggest game, one of the biggest games of the week, maybe the biggest. I think Seattle going down to play the Rams. Rams coming off a bye, Seattle coming off obviously a loss there in Buffalo, 6 and 2, 5 and 3. This, this has all the makings of a, of a good one. Some real good players on the field. A lot of speed on the field. A lot of playmakers on the field. and Some good coaching going to be in that field, too.
2: Yeah, the, the hardest thing here for the Seahawks would be just trying to contain the Rams on offense. And, you know, after a, a week off now, and, and they've got the skill, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. they could just light the Seahawks up. Everybody has lit oh, that defense man. up. I don't see that change, and so... You know, the hardest issue with this is when you know you have to score 35 points to win, that's a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, that's right. And like you said, everybody's picking on that Seattle defense. And when they're not protected, you know, by by 15 points, you know, and Russell Wilson is running all over the place and DK Metcalf is pulling one handers out of the sky and chasing guys down from 80 yards back. When they're not doing all that, I I see a, a defense that that is very very average,
2: right? And I think also, I think that just the tone of this game would be, uh, L. A. has never been a real good come from behind team. That's just not who they are. That's not who that quarterback is, the Rams, yeah. right? So if they can, if Seattle can can get out on them a little bit, you know by. 14, 17 points or whatever, it just changes the dynamics of the game. And they can play that game from where they'd like to be, you know, and force L.A. to come from behind. I, I would expect uh, the CX to come out real fast on these guys and try and, and, and you know, speed it up and get the ball down the field and get some points on the board.
1: Yeah, that's right. They they have to. They, they have to. And it's funny that these two teams will play each other again, yeah, before we end the season. And the Rams are done with their East Coast trips. So, oh, yeah. and their schedule, honestly, their schedule, the one team that beat them in the, in the division, the 49ers, um, I, you know, they're not the same team anymore. No, it's a different they, team they, now, yeah. they're, they're a different team. They've gone another direction. And, in fact, the Cardinals have pretty much taken the 49ers' place. So, again, you're talking Seattle at 6-2 and two, Leading the division, but Arizona and the Rams are sitting right there at five and three. So this one's going to be tight.
2: You know the the Rams right now in perfect position to come down the stretch and win this division. Because yeah, all, I
1: think so. I think you're right.
2: They they really are because I I think yeah. you know in 2000 when I was at the Rams. We we were in the same position the Seahawks were. We started off six and zero, uh, and Kurt goes down with a broken thumb, or whatever. But we ended up you know, doing all these things offensively and and scoring a ton of points and all that stuff because we had to, not because we wanted to, because defensively, you know, we were giving up 31 points a game. And that's stressful. You know, that's really, really – but ultimately, you can't maintain that. It's just too hard.
1: Yep. Well, we'll see. That's why they say that they got to play it, and we'll find out what happens. So, that's it, Mike. Another great show. Appreciate you, man. Can't wait to do it next week.
2: Appreciate it, Ron. It's a lot of fun, as always. Uh, one of the one of the players that I'd like to mention real quick before we sign off here is Matt yeah. Ryan. He's quietly having a great year.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. They've gotten better. And,
2: right. you know, against Denver, you know, he had a great game. You know, what is it, three TDs, and they're starting to be on the mend a little bit. They're still not a very good team, but this is really a good player having one of the best years that he's ever had, so... You got to kind of keep an eye on. He just nobody's talking about him because they, they haven't won any games. Uh, so speaking, the division is pretty competitive. So, but this guy's really having a terrific season.
1: Yep, we'll keep an eye on on good old Maddie Ice. Always fun to watch him play. And I want to send a thank you out to our uh, our listeners who send in their social media questions. We always like those. Keep those coming. That helps make the show a lot more exciting. Appreciate Absolutely. It. All right. All right, Mike. See Thanks, you next Ryan. week. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Now it's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or the coach? Just send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to join us next Tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions And we'll discuss how the NFL playoff picture is shaping up. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe and stay healthy,
0: everyone. Run It Again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz is a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.